From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, As always, we were talking before we got on the... Good morning, Mary. Morning. (laughs) Before we got on... The air this morning thinking, okay, the hardest part of doing this these days is trying to decide what not to cover because there's so much going on. So we're going to get right to our guest. Pastor Andy Woods is back with us, pastor, teacher, Sugarland Bible Church in Texas and author of the many books, including Babylon, the bookends of prophetic history. I love his book, The Middle East Meltdown, The Coming Kingdom, Ever Reforming, and uh, – this is just an amazing opportunity to get a pastor's perspective on so much that's going on, not only in our country or in the church, but around the world. Andy Woods, welcome back, brother. Hey, David and Mary, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for your time. I know you're busy. Just got back from the Grand Canyon with uh, Russ Miller doing a tour with the youth at your church, and uh, you're recovering. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, you know, we our church felt strong about going on this trip, especially with the young people, because they're all subjected, you know, to the evolutionary paradigm. Mm-hmm. So to get to get an expert's opinion on the Grand Canyon from a catastrophic, you know, global flood perspective, you know, was just was just great. It just takes your faith and <laughs> puts it at the next level. And so, Russ, you guys have had Russ, I guess, on your show a lot. Yep. Um, he's a great guy. He did a great job. I highly recommend his mm-hmm. Grand Canyon trip for those of you seeking uh, that kind of apologetics. Yeah, uh, Russ Miller does. Uh, sometimes he does it with Jay Siegert, another uh, one of our friends and guests. So you mentioned something interesting. Uh, talk about evolution for a minute. If you remove God and his divine order and the truth of the, the word and that we are made in the image of God, the result, basically, Andy Woods, is what we see in our society today, the kind of like the Romans 1 society, but you remove evolution, God's order, creation, and his design, and here we are. Isn't that interesting that there's very important foundations that have been chipped away at? Yeah, in fact, Psalm 11, verse 3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, mm. you know, what can the righteous do? And so Satan is a pretty clever guy, so to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 launched an assault against the foundation of everything, which is creation. And if if that's gone, then the Christian worldview is gone, and most of our understanding of the Bible, which is built on, you know, if if Adam and Eve didn't sin in the garden, then there's no need for a savior. So most of our understanding of Christianity is built on that foundation, and so uh, that theology disappears as well. And so that's where we find ourselves today. All right. Uh, we are going to jump over to the Middle East, I think, later on in this segment, because uh, Mayor's got some great questions, um, and mm-hmm. you've written and talked about these things before. But we've got to talk about the end of June being the end of Pride Month, and we know Pride, as far as the promotion of it, never ends. Just look at TV commercials, Look at go through your grocery store, um, corporations, uh, public schools, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's go to the trends 
Dr. Andy Woods. Uh, Pride propaganda has caused now to this point, according to The Hill, one in four high school students now identifies as LGBTQ. And that's the CDC says the number. The CDC says it went from uh, the number of LGBTQ students went from 11 percent in 2015 to 26 percent in 2021. And it continues to grow. And now another article, and I'll let you Share your thoughts, Andy, on how much further this can go. Non-binary identifying students in New Jersey, for example, skyrocket over 4,000% since 2019. That's good marketing, isn't it? Yeah, I remember probably about 10 years ago, uh, my wife and I were talking to a high school student and we just asked her, you know, what what's the biggest issue, you know, your generation is talking about? And we were just shocked at her answer. I mean, the number one issue that her generation was all talking about is whether, you know, a girl is a girl or whether a, a girl can be a boy. They're, in other words, their number one issue was gender confusion. Mm. And that was a shocker because, uh, you know, both my wife and myself, although my wife did spend some time in Christian schools, you know, I went from, you know, K through 12 in the state of California of all places, you know, through the public school system. And I don't, I don't even remember that, you know, kind of subject matter being on the horizon. No, no one was talking about that. And now it's like out there and it's in your face. And I think it relates a lot of it to what Abraham Lincoln, a quote attributed to him, you know, he said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will become the philosophy of government in the next. And so they started to, uh, apparently after I left the public school system, they started to move into this gender surrender and look, look at the fruit of it. I mean, today, you know, that has become this, this dominant issue in our culture. And I, I don't think it's a real crisis. If it was a real crisis, my generation would have been talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but we weren't, but, they wanted to turn it into some kind of confusion and crisis. So for whatever reason, they began to push this in the schools. The parents largely didn't know what was going on. And uh, we have a very confused uh, culture and society today as a result of it. Yes, and you covered something. If This is how they're framing it, like they're the victims or they're the ones that are discriminated against. And in your last week's Pastor's Point of View, you pointed out an article from the Gateway Pundit, Human Rights Campaign Declares a National State of Emergency for LGBTQ People. They're claiming that homophobia is causing gays to flee their homes. This is a tactic, Andy Woods. Uh, Share with us, you explained it very well in your Pastor's Point of View, but share your thoughts on that. Yeah, if you go back to, um, I think it was Guide Magazine, 1987, mm-hmm. it interviewed a couple of homosexual, you know, gay-type activists, and basically what they said is, we just can't trot out our lifestyle and push it in everybody's face, because that is going to turn off America. So the way to what they call overhaul straight America is we have to present ourselves as victims. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're supposedly, you know, we're we're supposedly the brunt of, uh, you know, systemic discrimination, (laughs) systemic violence, and you just keep pushing that narrative over and over again, and eventually what society will do is she will begin to, you know, expand civil rights coverage to accommodate all of these lifestyles, Mm -hmm. 
And then we can use the legal system sort of as a billy club to overhaul straight America. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they've done. They've been able to successfully present themselves as some kind of victim. Yeah. They've been able to change the legal system. And now you have people like you know evangelical bakery owners like Jack Phillips and others around the country um, who are now victimized by the legal system. And, uh, you know, this is a, every time you hear about, you know, we've got to, you know, declare a month uh, to accommodate the same sex LGBTQ lifestyle, because supposedly we were victims the same way black people, you know, were legitimately victims in the United States to change the law. Yeah. The more you, you have to understand that this is actually a strategy yes. that they've implemented successfully. Mm-hmm and consistent, consistently over the decade mm-hmm. to change the direction of our culture. And mm-hmm. that's where we find ourselves today. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the word narrative because yes. there's a lot of emotional-based emotional based learning in the schools so we can you know, get them where they live. Um, and when you go to school, I mean, if you deconstruct this as putting your darlings in school, they're told that 2 plus 2 is 4. We're in school to understand that what these people say is true. So if 2 plus 2 is 4, now we're way past that, and we're telling them that you need to question your gender. And they're in school. Their parents put them there to learn something and accept what they're told. Mm. I know this is way more complicated than 2 plus 2, but it's a mindset as far as accepting what you're told. It says here also in the one on one in four high school students identifies as LGBTQ. It says increases in the percentage of students lgbtq might be might be a result of changes in question wording to include students identifying as questioning i am not sure about my identity or i describe it in some other way so they're going to change how they word it to get these statistics to show there's momentum there's momentum there's a need to change laws and then the civil right or the human rights aspect i mean their civil rights are already covered by other pre-existing documents in this country yes. Speak to that, they Andy. Already what, what have Mary civil just said. rights? Yes, in the Constitution. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, homosexuals enjoy a household income, you know, which is greater than their heterosexual counterparts. So, once you understand that there is no systemic discrimination against those of the LGBTQ lifestyle, I mean, the violence supposedly inflicted upon them. Um, and the economic disparity that supposedly they suffer, it, it's not in the numbers. It, it's in the emotions, right. but yes. it's not in the numbers. And as Mary you know, rightfully said, we've got a generation now that now evaluates truth based on emotion rather than objective reality. You know, your gender is determined by biology. It's not determined by how you subjectively feel about yourself at any given point in time. And as Mary rightfully said, we've moved away from, you know, objective analysis to emotions-based reality. And once that happens, then virtually anything becomes possible. And a society, a, a Christian society like our own, you know, can be removed from its foundation. Mm-hmm. Oxford Dictionary in 2016, I believe it was, there, or 2017, 2016, their word of the year was post-truth. So these are the things you're we're coming wow. to understand the direction of our uh, nation and the world, really. But Mary, you mentioned narrative. Um, Andy Woods, there's an article on AI over at uh, childrenshealthdefense.org. And we can go there now or later, but it's talking about how AI 
starts to monopolize online searches? Will, will state propaganda become the only information available? And one of the points, one of the bullet points is narrative is the ultimate weapon. With, with a convincing enough narrative, you can motivate entire populations to go to war or anything else you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that, how it affects uh, people's emotions and how narrative is key. Right. Well, whoever, you know, as the saying goes, whoever controls, you know, the interpretation of history, you know, controls the future. Mm. And that's basically what we have now. We now have a generation that really doesn't do primary source uh, reading. You know, we're getting ready for the 4th of July. A lot of the children coming through the school system uh, think everything there is bad to think about our founding fathers. They don't know anything that they did that was good. And um, that's exactly where the devil wants a civilization. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us to be like Bereans. You know, remember the Bereans? They put to the test the things that the Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, verse 11, and they were found more noble than the Thessalonians because they did that. We have a generation now that doesn't do that, doesn't know how to do that, and determines their reality based on how they feel at any given moment and based on whatever shows up on their, you know, computer screen, iPhone Mm -hmm. screen, iPad screen, etc. And the more, you know, just go out in public places and look around at what people are looking at. If they're under a certain age, probably about 90% of them will be staring at their phone, and that's where they, they get their reality from. And so we're living in a just frightening times where young people are more influenced by that iPhone than they are by mom and dad mm-hmm. yes. or the church. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that, that, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to create narratives to sway a civilization, as you just said, I can't think of a better foundation for it than what's going on right now. I want to add something really bizarre <laughs> to this mix. Uh, the same article, that, David, that you started with here from Children's Health Defense, mm-hmm. it says, We're finding chatbots have a tendency to lie and fantasize. Researchers are calling these instances hallucinations. AI is con- concocting a fantasy based on the information available and reciting it as a fact. And that's in addition to the bias that can be built in by programmers. So while it's an incredibly exciting technology, we can't be naive about the ri- I mean, about the risks. So uh, halluc- chatbot hallucinations? Lying and fantasizing, we are, we're done. As a civilization, <laughs> that says, put a fork in it because yeah. we are done. Yeah, there's one of the things we're going to cover in our, our show this week. There's even one of these uh, chat things, and I'm just learning the lingo as I'm going, but it's actually <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you uh, talk to Jesus. Yeah. Switch. And, Twitch had that. you know, first of all, what? I hate to dis- disappoint people, particularly women, but Jesus, I don't think, looked like Fabio, you know, the male, <laughs> uh, you know, model. That's how all these pictures of Jesus come up these days, you know, like, and, and people start to romanticize Jesus. If you look at Isaiah 53, uh, you know, as I understand it, he was just sort of an average-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're talking to Jesus. He looks kind of like a male model, and they're sending into him, you know, issues related to their lives. You know, who should I date? Who should I marry? Uh, what kind of career should I have? And they're actually getting spiritual advice, oh you goodness. know, from this 
from this chat bot. And I don't know how you all interpret Revelation 13, verse 15, um, where the Antichrist, midway through the tribulation period, is going to set up a... Actually, the false prophet, on behalf of the Antichrist, is going to set up this sort of talking statue that compels worship of the beast. But this type of scenario that we're seeing today with these Jesus chatbots, um, I think is setting the stage you know, for a generation to uh, fulfill the prophecy there in mm-hmm. Revelation 13, verse mm-hmm. 15. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, in that article on AI, there, it, it kind of seems to veer off a little bit, but it it's, asks a question, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Is Elon Musk controlled opposition? Let me just uh, quote this and then get your response. It's a question that a lot of people have, so let's dig into it. On one side, you have people who believe Musk is exposing and undermining the military-industrial intelligence complex. On the other side are those who think he's just playing a good guy role while simultaneously furthering deep state goals. Um, so what, what are your thoughts? It's fascinating what he's done with Twitter, but also it was very eye-opening that he, I believe he hired someone from the World Economic Forum to be the CEO of Twitter. So Andy, uh, good guy, bad guy, we don't know yet. <laughs> yes. What do you think? Well, personally, I don't know yet, but I do remember what Stalin said. You know, those, of course, we have the saying, those who don't learn from history are condemned to repeat mm-hmm. it. But Stalin did say the best way to um, control the opposition is to lead it yourself. And mm. I think there's a, I, I do believe in the reality of controlled opposition. There's a lot of things people think are conservative. Um, that over the course of time have proven themselves to not be biblical or conservative. Yes. I mean, you just take Fox News as an example. Mm-hmm. Yes. People think, oh, there's conservatives on there. You know, but you look at how few. they called Arizona early uh, back in, what was it, 2020 mm-hmm. election. You look at what they just did to, you know, Tucker Carlson, who was yeah. one of the few voices out there, yep. actually telling the truth. And you look at, you know, the Rupert Murdoch sons and their respective spouses and what their worldview is and you have to say well you know fox news although i enjoy a lot of the things on there really is not you can't you know worship at the 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 feet of fox news i mean it's obviously controlled opposition to some Mm -hmm. extent and i'm not trying to pick on them i'm just saying that's that's an example of it and so as christians we really need to Get back to basics, get back to the scripture, you know, is our truth, rather than trusting these other sources that that claim to be the truth. And don't believe the liberal media or, you know, any media for that matter. You've got to do your your own research. I remember er, in the early 2000s, 2003, I I started watching that program, Hannity and Combs. I'm going, wow, they're debating. They're actually debating the issues. And Andy, how sad it was at that time 20 years ago that I said, Fox News is one of the only outlets where you can hear both sides on some of these issues debated. So a lot of people interpret that, as sad as our society and the principles of journalism have eroded in America, as, oh, Fox News is ultra-conservative because they allow both viewpoints. But that's not true at all. They were just trying to get good ratings. They put both the debate up there, and people love that. Mm -hmm. But yes, absolutely, I agree with you. They are not by any stretch conservative if you look at their views on most of their key personnel on so-called same-sex marriage you know on on abortion on so many other things yeah they're not conservative so thanks for making that point and there's a point in this article 
It says, stop looking for a savior. And that was in context of Elon Musk. But we can say the same thing about Fox News. We can say the same thing about Donald Trump. Stop looking for a savior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Andy, you're just your thoughts on that, and Mayor's got a question coming up. Well, I think all politics is local. And so, you know, as long as we're looking for a savior to kind of ride in on Air Force One <laughs> and save us, we're not really paying attention That's about right. what I can actually be doing yes. locally in my own, you know, influencing my own city council, influencing my own, um, you know, school board of education. You know, as long as I have this mindset that some conservative is coming to save me and save the country, I'm not really focusing you know, on what I actually can be doing. I think it was Tip O'Neill back in the day who said, you know, all politics is local. And so I completely concur with you that we need to get away from this savior mentality mm. and just start being good stewards, mm-hmm. oh, you know, boy. in our own spheres of influence. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. Yeah, it's interesting. We're mired here in the smoke from the Canadian fires, and it's just everywhere, and we can't even go outside. It's been horrible. But I keep mm. thinking of controlled opposition as starting a backfire to control the conflagration. <laughs> and I know they do that out west. They'll start a backfire to just control where it goes, and, and they're not mm-hmm. controlling anything around here, which maybe maybe this is a spiritual application. <laughs> I don't know. There's always a spiritual aspect. Yes, there always is. Especially there when you talk about fire, smoke yes, and fire. Yes, where there's smoke, there is yeah. fire. Um, go to Israel. Sure. Yeah, Let's do it. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got plenty of time. Okay. Uh, Andy, you've got a couple things here that are going on. Actually, three things going on in Israel, um, in the Middle East, and I think they tie together. Um, fascinating. Uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, they're promoting a special envoy role to advance the Abraham Accord. So it's uh, they've passed a bipartisan bill to create a diplomatic position of ambassador to these accords. And also a co-sponsor was a a Democrat, interestingly enough. Um, I've been told, uh, basically, that this is a trade thing. You know, this is just a business deal that Trump, because Trump is a a businessman. So when he uh, promoted and, and put the Abraham Accords in there, it had to do with simply trade. But it's still there, and I want to get your thoughts on that and also on China offering to help revive the peace talks with Israel. This has me scratching my head. So can you tell us a little bit more about these things? Well, I think the things that are the big learning curve with the Abraham Accords is is understanding that they're not peace treaties. Um, you know, the old strategy was Israel swaps land in exchange for peace, mm-hmm. the <laughs> promise of peace. That's not what's going on. With the Abraham Accords, the Abraham Accords are basically Israel entering into uh, arrangements with countries that she was never at war with, you know, like the mm-hmm. United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, Morocco. And what's very interesting is everybody is saying, based on some of the information you just read, Mary, about this envoy that they're trying to approve, Saudi Arabia is the next one to fall. And basically the agreement with these Abraham Accords is Israel opens up to these various Islamic countries, uh, trade, travel, tourism, and technology, in exchange for these Muslim nations simply acknowledging that Israel exists, because Israel, as you know, doesn't even appear on most you know Islamic uh, Middle Eastern maps. And the reason these Abraham Accords are so significant, prophetically anyway, is there's a prophecy in Ezekiel 38, verse 13, about when the Gog-Magog invasion happens and Israel is invaded by Turkey, Iran, Russia, etc. 
Sheba and Didan, uh, who we think is Saudi Arabia, is going to protest. They're going to speak up mm. against the invasion. And so the thing that's had us scratching our heads as prophecy students for so many years is why would the Saudis, you know, speak up against the invasion? Well, now we have a potential explanation for the probably for the very first time. They'll be locked in to one of these Abraham Accords. They're benefiting from Israel, and they stage the sort of the lame protest against the invaders. And so if you're looking to kind of put the Abraham Accords into their proper prophetic interpretation that's the way i would do it that's interesting wow. because uh, i i did some research on the petrodollar and when nixon initiated the petrodollar with saudi arabia they said part of it was to protect saudi arabia from russia that's actually in the deal because saudi arabia well, said to nixon you got to protect us from russia we're, we're afraid of russia and he said no we'll protect you weird yeah yeah well that that fits uh the prophetic theme i was talking mm-hmm. about earlier as well mm-hmm. so so you know it's it's one of these things where I mean Ezekiel saw this two thousand six hundred years ago in a vision. <laughs> Is that all? And if you just give, it probably seemed bizarre to Ezekiel when he saw it hmm. uh, because Persia uh, was actually one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Persia, which became later Iran, as you know, helped Israel out of the 70-year captivity under a man named Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And Ezekiel probably thought it strange that he saw the mm. Persians coming against Israel in the last days. But, you know, if you just give history enough time, it catches up to exactly what God says would happen, right down to the minute details that we're talking about here concerning the Saudis, because God, his nature, is such that it's impossible for him to lie and we're just privileged to be living in a unique time period, you know, where we can see the pieces coming together much better than Ezekiel could see 2,600 years ago. Where does China fit in? Because it says here that they, they want to help revive peace talks, actual peace talks um, that they feel have been stalled since 2014. Why is why is China what's, interested? Yeah, because, what's their agenda? Because it's a Christian-Muslim-Jew situation, as far as my understanding is. So where do they fit? Well, a lot of people don't see China in Bible prophecy. I, I do. I, I believe that, you know, where it talks in Revelation 9 and 16 in Trumpet uh, 6 and Bowl 6 about this vast army of 200 million that comes from the Far East into the Middle East and goes, you know, across the Euphrates, which is the point of uh, geography that demarcates the Far East from the Middle East, and they, they, they're moving into northern Israel for the final war, and they kill a third of mankind in the process. Um, I'm a lot like John Walvoord in his 1966, I believe it was, commentary on Revelation. He said, you know, keep your eye on China as the potential fulfillment of these prophecies. Mm-hmm. So China, so, so I mean, you can't even pick up the newspaper today to see the influence of China around the world. I mean, look at the, the laptop and the, you know, the Biden administration, how they're knee-deep with ties to China yes. and are not even acting on America's best interest. And so I'm seeing China everywhere, and I should say to myself, well, obviously... <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Walbert interpretation of Revelation 9 and 16 is correct. And so that's why I found it interesting that it's actually China, the Palestinians are going to China to get some sort of advice or support to restart the two-state solution, which the article says they haven't tried to impose since 
2014. And so the nations of the earth, China being one of them, taking a posture that's hostile to the nation of Israel, because that two-state solution, should it ever go through, will reduce Israel's width less than 10 miles Mm. and will put her in a position where she really can't defend herself. Mm. And as a consequence of that, she'll have to reach out to the Antichrist for support. So the two-state solution, I think, is paving the way for the peace treaty between the Antichrist and unbelieving Israel. And the fact that China, you know, amongst other nations, is on the forefront of that doesn't surprise me either, you know, when you look at the big picture of Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're already down to a minute before we have to take a break for our, our first segment here to wrap it up. Mayor, um, if there was one, at least one story that you wanted to get to with uh, Pastor Andy Woods when we come back, can you narrow it down to one? I just want to tease a couple of them, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to jump on one that lights your fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, the nanotechnology tattoos. That's exactly that. what, that's one I wanted and to talk the Obama, about, too. What's the Obama finger, fingerprint thing? Yeah, yeah. The Mo- Obama and misinformation or yeah. whatever else. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about those two. Great. I also, Andy, when we get back, want to talk about, um, you mentioned China and the Bidens. Well, uh, Hunter Biden sent a text demanding $10 million from a Chinese business associate, apparently in 2017. And now they're talking about it. So we'll talk. We'll touch on that. Michigan is moving forward with a hate speech bill, making it a felony to make someone feel threatened. NBC poll, believe it or not, 74% of voters deeply satisfied, saying the nation is on the wrong track. And a couple more stories we'll try to squeeze in with Pastor Andy Woods when we come back. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com So, um, Andy Woods uh, came on the podcast a year ago, and I really appreciated this. Um, I want you to check out the show notes later because he did a really good uh, seven principles that made America great. We don't have time to get into it today, but in the light of the 4th of July coming up and what he mentioned about young people not understanding our true American history and having a bad interpretation of either history, our founders, or the country. Um, seven principles that made America great. And also, I want to shout out to Harbinger's Daily. Uh, we really appreciate them. Uh, they put up uh, the article, Satanic Temple to Host Let Us Burn Events at State Capitals. Their purpose is to mock God and believers. That's happening. But go to harbingersdaily.com. Make that a daily stop for you. Okay, before we get to the NBC poll and some of these other things, uh, the nano tattoos. Um, Andy, uh, this is something that people are going, okay, we understand tattoos. We don't understand how you get any kind of technology or anything into the ink. Can you explain that? What's going on? Well, you know, the the biblical entry point for that, of course, is the famous Mark of the Beast statue, uh, 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 scripture, excuse me, Revelation 13, 16 through 18, where people in the one-world economy of the future can't buy or sell unless they receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead. And so a lot of people, um, to try to analyze that, have talked about microchip you know, technology, mm-hmm. which goes into or under the skin. But the Greek there is not upper, meaning under, but it's epi, you know, meaning upon. Uh-huh. And so that's been sort of the conundrum is, Interesting. 
you know, all this information about microchip technology going under the skin, that's not exactly what John saw. He saw something going on the skin, epi rather than uper. Those are two different Greek prepositions. And so that's why I find all these articles about um, tattoo technology, nano tattoo technology, very interesting because it solves the uper epi issue. Mm. Because now the technology is such that it can go on the skin, not under the skin, and, and if I read the article right, it also solves the energy issue because these things are sort of, um, you know, they don't have to be recharged. They're sort of uh, a self-sufficient, independent uh, energy supply. I wish I was somewhat of a scientist where I could understand it. I, all I can do is try to understand the articles that I'm reading, but those are the two issues there. It's mm-hmm. on the skin, and it's they're independently um, energized, and so what I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't think this is the mark of the beast because that won't be functioning until we have the beast, which mm-hmm. we don't have now. Mm. But every time you look at this technology, it always seems to be evolving not further away, you know, but closer and closer to what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And so this is another uh, indicator that we can point to demonstrating, you know, how fast the tribulation period is coming upon us. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I'm so glad you said on and in. I've been thinking about that for so long. And, you know, putting a hard chip in a forehead, in a bony forehead, I never saw that as something that was even optional. (laughs) Or or in a wrist or something. Because you you all know a Harari. I I hear those words when he was talking about technology under the skin. Mm -hmm. They're trying to push that idea. And I like the way you differentiated that. Well, there's a company out there called Somark that has a tattoo, RFID or Smart Dust tattoos that can be on the hand or forehead. It can even be invisible so if you're you know if a person is in hollywood and they're really vain no one will see that tattoo on their forehead i mean but that is the general idea so i andy i'm really glad you mentioned the on and in conundrum yeah okay yeah go ahead andy do you have a comment on no i'm just saying you know even the in the skin technology you look at it and say well we're moving closer Mm -hmm. but this this can't be the end product Mm -hmm. but we're certainly closer than we were a month ago Wow. And now I think you've just took, taken a quantum leap forward, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. this uh, this new technology that we're talking about here. So we're closer to the Mark of the Beast technology, but we are not getting closer to uh, getting the nation back on the right track. According to voters, <laughs> they say 74% of them, they are deeply satisfied, and they say the nation is on the wrong track. And this is according to NBC and their poll. So I'm thinking when it says 74 and it's NBC poll, I would say 94 then. But um, just don't quote me on that. But so according to the poll, and of course NBC's Chuck Todd blamed Trump somehow, attacked Donald Trump for what's going on now and that uh, people are dissatisfied. 74% of voters. Um, Andy, my prediction is it won't matter in the next election how dissatisfied people are uh, as far as how they vote. Your thoughts? Well, um, I guess, you know, I would say this. Proverbs 14, verse 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation. And we have a whole movement today, you know, called MAGA, Make America Great Again, which is a great movement. But every time I hear that expression, again, you know, Make America Great Again, uh, my thinking is what made her great to begin with. Mm. Um and you can't, you know, unless you understand that, you can't understand what you're trying to to, to reclaim. Mm. And Proverbs 14, verse 34 gives you the answer. It says, righteousness exalts a nation. 
And so, you know, until that Christian consensus is reclaimed and begins to assert itself, you know, in the arena of, of public ideas and discourse and begins to, you know, take stewardship again over the institutions bequeathed to us, um, I don't think America is on the right track, and I think she'll mm. continue to be on the wrong track, yes. you know, regardless of who, you know, happens to occupy the Oval Office. And so, you know, the 4th of July, and I'm glad you brought that up, we did do that last year. Mm-hmm. I, I see it as a time for pastors to go back into the history books yes. from the pulpit yes, and explain to people the Mayflower Compact, the... Declaration of Independence, which clearly tells us our rights come from God. Um, Federalist Paper Number 51, which says we divide political power up in this country because of the biblical reality of the depravity of man, etc., etc., etc. If it wasn't for the influence of biblicism on Western civilization, Western civilization would have never become great to begin with. And so, you know, when when 75% of the country is saying the country is on the wrong track, I say, like the prophet Jeremiah, let's go seek out those ancient paths mm. and, and figure out what made us great to begin with. Because mm. unless we do that, we don't really know how to restore America. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Great perspective. Yeah, that is a great perspective. Yeah. And I also, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about... Uh, some of the NAR people in their Dominion theology that we're going to make everything perfect because Jesus the seven can't, mountains. yeah, Jesus can't come back until everything's perfect. That's so, <laughs> so what are the Dominion theologists thinking about this downward trend of the world and our nation? Maybe they don't think it's downward. Can you explain <laughs> that, Andy? Well, you know, Dominion theology, Kingdom Now theology. I mean, you can tell a theology is wrong just based on how it works or doesn't work in the real world. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dominion theology obviously is not working in the United States. It's not working around the world. Mm-hmm. We're not winning the culture war. Mm-hmm. We're losing the culture war. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is why I'm, I'm a dispensational uh, thinker. It's, it's not just because of what the Bible says. It's because my view of theology fits with the real world. And the Bible says in the church age... Um, we're not going to, you know, have a great revival and evangelize the whole planet, although we've been given the task of the Great Commission. I mean, what Paul talked about at the end of his life was evil men and imposters will wax worse and worse, you know, deceiving and being deceived. Now, does my understanding fit with the world? Yes, it does. Does the Dominion theologian's understanding fit with the world? No, it doesn't. And that's one of the reasons you can tell that Dominion theology, as much as I would like to believe it's true, can't be biblical. Well, there's one headline I wanted to get your response to, and then I know Mayor wants to ask you that story about Obama and misinformation and how, even though he's behind the scenes, he's never really been behind the scenes, he's pulling strings. But Michigan moves forward with hate speech, Bill, making it a felony to make someone feel threatened. So a new bill would make it a hate crime to cause someone to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. It is the Michigan Hate Crime Act, uh, HB 4474, passed in the House Tuesday. Now it goes before the Senate. As you know, Michigan is a Democrat-controlled state. Um, it will replace a current bill there, and it will include sexual orientation and gender identity or expression as causes or classes that they call it a class protected against intimidation. So someone could listen to a speaker like 
a preacher, a pastor, or read a conservative book or article and claim that they're being intimidated because their, quote, perceived gender identity is under attack. Andy Woods, we knew this was coming in some form or fashion, but it's interesting uh, they're taken up at the state level. Your thoughts on this? Well, it's just a blatant, you know, violation of the First Amendment, and I hope if something this bad becomes law, you know, I'm hoping a lot of our friends uh, that are uh, Christian attorneys, um, you know, Christian legal society, etc., uh, what is it, ADF, groups like that would immediately yes. take that to court because mm-hmm. it's you can't restrict free speech in this country the way this law does, you know, if you care about the Constitution. But, you know, if, if we're going to jail people based on me making them feel uncomfortable, then I guess I can't preach the gospel without jail time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because the gospel itself is an offense and makes you feel uncomfortable. I mean, when I was 16 years old and someone presented the gospel to me, I felt really uncomfortable (laughs) because they talked about hell, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go to hell. (laughs) So, um, you know, we're going to jail people based on uncomfortable speech, then the gospel disappears. And this is why the Christian public needs to be monitoring, you know, potential legislation like this, listening to shows like yours that bring people up to speed on these these crazy laws that I guess are now the new norm in the United States. Yes, this has kind of a parallels to the Equality Act that the Senate and Pelosi and the Democrats were trying to move through, and they're not going to let that go. And you think about judgment, you think about repentance, you think about holiness, um, you think about sin, all these words, all these ideas that can convict people or make them feel uncomfortable. You said it exactly right. And speaking of misinformation... Um, Mayor, you've got that uh, story about Obama, and ask uh, Pastor Andy about That's that That's a one. good segue, David. Yes, I yeah. thought so. Um, oh, you have to put misinformation in air quotes, Air though. quotes, absolutely. Uh, Obama says, we need digital fingerprints to fight misinformation. Of what? course, misinformation is very subjective, but that doesn't stop him. He says, there's an, it says, there's a need to develop digital fingerprints to fight against an increasing level of misinformation and distinguish between true and misleading news, former President Obama said Jeez. on a new edition of David Axelrod's The Axe Files. He says, oh, the technology is here now um, because he's concerned about deep fakes. And I guess he's one of the people that's the most deep faked out there. I guess it has to do with him personally. Um, uh, digitally manipulated images, audio or video appearing to be legitimate. He said that means uh, the general public has to be more discriminating consumers of news and information. Ah. Yes, and we need to develop over time technologies to create watermarks or digital fingerprints so we know, we according to the gospel, know. according to Obama, so that we yep. know what is true and what is not true. Yeah, who determines wow. what is misinformation? Andy, what do you hey. think? Well, I think every time you see the word misinformation or disinformation in, um, you know, these type of descriptors, I wish people would just cross out those words Mm -hmm. and write in the word censorship, because that's basically what it is. They don't want you to have access to information which goes against something that we were talking about at the top of the show that goes against whatever government narrative they're seeking to push. Mm -hmm. And that's what they mean by trying to clamp down on disinformation. The the only thing that's really scary about this beyond that is today they actually have the technology, you know, to pull it off. Yes. And all of us that are involved in social media, you know, posting videos 
online. Um, we all understand this. We've all been punished, you know, for one thing or another, saying something out of a bo- out of the box that they that they want to create. And I find it interesting that every time we post something today, there's an automatic transcript that's generated. And so some bot apparently goes through the written material and looks for keywords. Trigger words. And if those words happen to be, you know, um, addressed or spoken, then the video gets sidelined, the video gets taken down, mm-hmm. you know, all in the name of protecting society from disinformation. And that's basically what Obama is talking about. He's talking about a world... Really, it's Orwellian. I think Jordan yeah. Peterson, at the end of one of those articles, I said, said this is just uh, or- or- George Orwell on steroids. Mm-hmm. He's basically talking about a world where, technologically, you're only allowed to receive certain information within the government narrative. Everything else is called disinformation, and it will not get to your fingertips or your computer screen. And so you know which which is totalitarianism at its mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. i mean not even hitler's uh ministry of propaganda you know goebbels himself could have dreamed of such a worldwide that's system right. yeah. and that sadly really were descending into wow. I, I even saw a headline this morning that a democrat robert f kennedy jr had an, an interview or something a speech pulled down i i think it was youtube but it, it may have been Twitter, but I think it was YouTube. And so that's fascinating to me because he's a Democrat. But because of what he's talking about, um, it's not, it's called misinformation now. They're pulling it down. So we're already seeing that. So, uh, there will be a lot of collateral damage. And he's, and he's running for president. And I understand yeah. there are yes. laws in place that you cannot do that in an election cycle. Well, they've done it to Trump continuously, so that doesn't matter. Well, here's this other one. UN unveils automated fact-checking tool to counter disinformation. And it says the UN has unveiled automated fact-checking service to counter uh, and hate speech on the Internet in a project partnered with big tech and Soros-funded organizations. Surprise! Of course. Um, Online information pollution is a global (laughs) challenge, and they have launched iVerify platform to counter alleged disinformation and hate speech. What is iVerify? Uh, Andy, are you familiar with that? Uh, Because it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's... You know, what little I understand about it, I, I wish I was more of a technological person where I could <laughs> understand these things in great detail. But it's, you know, it's basically a system that you you dial into it. And unless you're dialed into it, basically you can't work. You can't um, take out money from your bank. You can't, you know, conduct business. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what the whole thing, where the whole thing is headed is something called the social credit score system, where if people um, happen to give money to the wrong causes that are outside the government narrative, happen to associate with the wrong people that are outside the government narrative, then their whole life is digitized, and through the flick of a switch, your opportunities in life start to shrink. You know, you can't uh, get passport privileges, you can't get traveling privileges, you can't get the loan, you know, that you need for your new business, you can't put your kids 
uh, in the better schools because you've moved completely to an electronic system. This is not conspiracy theory talk. This is something that is now in place in China. This is how the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, manages its massive population. Uh, Mm -hmm. People that don't think or write or buy the right things or give to the right things are literally put in what I would call electronic uh, concentration camps. And and you can't do this as long as we're transacting cash and cash, because if I'm transacting in cash, there's really no uh, paper trail. On, on what my values are, but once everything becomes digitized through these uh, CBDCs and you know this kind of iVerify system that we're talking about here, the, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, your whole life can be reduced to you know sort of um, an electronic uh, 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 dossier. And if you do the right things, you get rewarded. If you do the wrong things, you get punished. And this is a way for the, ultimately the Antichrist, to control the masses. I mean, that's literally where everything is moving towards. I mean, they already have the technology to, to gather the data on, on everybody that has some sort of footprint or online activity. But we're talking about the environmental, social, and corporate governance scores, the ESG scores. And that's, mm-hmm. there's also another acronym, D-E-I, that we better start becoming familiar with, diversity equity, and inclusion. Now there, the left definition of these things, they're going to enforce these and under the corporates. I mean, even were you even surprised, Andy Woods, to find out that Chick-fil-A, was it Chick-fil-A that had a DEI uh, position last year? Was that right? Mm-hmm. Was it Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Um, so even some of the, quote, conservative or even, quote, Christian companies, some of them are bowing the knee because they understand the pressure they are under if they don't comply. Your thoughts? Well, it's all about control. It's about controlling, you know, the masses. That uh, marking the masses, as my friend Tom Hughes mm. likes to say. Marking the masses. Um, and all of this stuff is so attractive to these global elites because it gives them the technology, you know, to be able to do that. That's why Obama, in that interview with David Axelrod on his podcast, you know, is these bemoaning disinformation, <laughs> which is, is another word for censorship, is so, uh, ex, you know, enthusiastic with the idea that the technology is here mm-hmm. to allow us to conquer this. And so this technology that we're moving into is really a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, most uh, dictators in human history have not been able to accomplish what is about to be accomplished because of one simple word, you know, technology. Yeah. So one, uh, we have about five minutes left, and I did mention um, what's gone on with the Biden crime family. Um, They had a cover-up going back to 2017. I know there was corruption way before that. And my question is always, if this were Donald Trump Jr., dot, 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 fill in the blank. But Hunter Biden sent a text apparently demanding $10 $10 million uh, from a Chinese business associate to further the interest of his joint venture with the Chinese energy company. And now they're talking about this. There's the oversight committee put this up out regarding the cover-up. We've known against Trump now. There's been a weaponizing of the Justice Department and FBI. We haven't seen um, Democrats, liberal Democrats, be held accountable 
Um, I mean, I can't remember the last time that's happened. But, um, Andy, I know a lot of our listeners are disappointed at where the Justice Department is in this country and what's actually happening. It's a totalitarian state now, and one side gets off scot-free, it seems. And this is all, all these investigations uh, come to nothing when it comes to the corruption. Um, how, do, how are we to look at this now, understanding that this looks like it's the way it's going to be? Well, you say a lot of people are disappointed, and they should be, yeah. because what we have now is basically a two-tiered you know, justice system. Mm-hmm. If you're Donald Trump, you're, you're treated with one standard. Contempt. If you're Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, you're treated with a completely different standard. Yeah, nothing to see here. It's <laughs> opposite of what America should be. Remember, Lady Justice is blindfolded because you're not supposed to give some people preferential treatment compared to others. And yet, with the politicization of the FBI, the DOJ, the fact that we're kind of descending into a banana republic mentality where the the party in power tries to jail the opposition, which is essentially what's happening yes. with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. this two-tiered uh, justice system is what we have now. It's a blatant violation of the equal protection of the laws, which is guaranteed in our Constitution. And so when you say our listeners are discouraged by it, they uh, they should be discouraged by uh-huh. it because it's the opposite of what America is supposed to be. Exactly. It's un-American. It's unconstitutional. And... Um yeah, it's unchristian too. They talk you, you're not supposed to show favoritism or discriminate. Um, but Mary, your your final thoughts before we wrap it up with yeah. Pastor Andy? You know, they they can use the Espionage Act, which is just really doesn't apply here at all. They can dig up a, you know something from Woodrow Wilson and decide that that has to do with Donald Trump. Um, but when it comes to abortion laws, no, we can't use those. Old, I mean, it's just like you said, banana republic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Andy, uh, tease your pastor's point of view that's going to drop tomorrow. I know you're going to cover uh, uh, some of these things, but a lot more. Just can you uh, give us a couple things to wet our whistle is what you're going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be dealing, you know, just to, we always update people with the Middle East. So we're going to be dealing with the Gog-Magog issue. Um, we're going to be dealing with a lot of the issues that, you know, you've been talking about here on the show related to the loss of our freedoms Mm -hmm. and I would really want people if if they could to tune into our Sunday morning service this Sunday at Sugarland Bible Church where I'm gonna have a chance to give I think one of the most powerful messages that the Lord has ever given me um, from Romans 1 verses 18 through 32 (laughs) The, the title of it is is America under the judgment of God and, um, you know, we're going to go through that particular text of Scripture and show how it relates exactly to where we are in the United States today. Yet at the same time, there's some good news in it because God is still on the throne Amen. and God is still working. So beyond our pastor's point of view, I'd love people to catch that mm. message. Just go to the Sugarland Bible Church website or facebook page to catch that you know in live streaming and of course it'll be available on archive after the fact sounds awesome. good brother andy org. thank you so much for your diligence diligence your teaching and your time this morning god bless you brother thanks for having me tomorrow gary ka hope for the world is back with us it's been a while we're gonna catch mm-hmm. up with gary and uh, we're just thankful guys that you're tuning in and uh we're wrapping up june getting ready to celebrate 
America's freedom and independence. It's kind of odd saying that now. It just doesn't sound the same. Anyway, friends, thanks for listening. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. 